We, tonight, I told you tonight, is really gonna be uh, teaching and diving into the depths. So uh, I really hope that you brought your book for the, you that have purchased it because we're gonna be jumping into chapter five. Um, if you haven't gotten it yet, of course, take tons of notes and then you'll be able to get one after. Uh, but we're gonna really dive into some, in, into the depth of the material. So get yourself into a place you're comfortable. If you're on the outside, I am gonna be writing some things up here on the white, on, on these sticky notes. So if you, if you wanna move more in where you can see it, unless you guys are fine. Uh, but I did wanna make you aware of that. Um, so once again, we're gonna be talking specifically, uh, we're gonna start in, uh, we're gonna go through chapter five of the book and be hitting on different verses and different pieces of it. And, and the, chapter, the chapter title is The Physics of Creation, all right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a step back I'm gonna take a step back in the formation of this book. And uh, I know that some of the stories I'm gonna share are for some of you who've heard me speak here before, this is gonna be some repetition, but you really need to hear this and get this as we move into chapter five, okay? So the whole beginning of, of this, this book and the ministry that the Lord has launched in my life of creatingyourbest.com uh, that entire, the book, the ministry, all of it, started when, right after Natalie and I had uh, gotten married, and the little town that, that we grew up, our family grew up in, uh, average income was around $14,000 a year. Uh, it was a multi-generational poverty uh, city. So I'm talking about generation after generation that were on welfare. All right, and it was, you go down, go driving through the town, businesses were out of business constantly, people struggled financially on a consistent basis, all right? And our family was, our family we grew up, uh, uh, grew up very much like that. Now, my, uh, after I graduated from college and I came back to this little town, there was a little uh, Word of Faith church there that the Lord had told me to go back and to be a part of. And so we started a youth ministry and the youth ministry, God is just exploding. The, the, the youth group grew to larger. We had more people showing up on Friday night youth group than Sunday morning in, in service. And God just put his hand on it. It was exploding and kids getting saved. It was, it was phenomenal. Simultaneously, he told me to quit one of the best jobs in the area at the time, which was working at a Walmart, and I was a department manager of sporting goods and automotive, and to quit that and to start my own business, okay? So I start my, my own business, and the one thing that I had learned how to do uh, when I come back from college is I worked with this guy who taught me how to paint, all right? So paint houses, not paint... $500,000 pictures and sell them to people, right? All right, talking about painting a house, inside out, whatever, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And so I started this company called Walton's Paint and Repair, okay? And it had this cool little rainbow of colors on the card. That's why I'm doing this right here, okay? All right, Walton's Paint and Repair. It's what all I knew how to do. And so I started this company. And as I started this company, we literally were broke. And I remember one night where we gathered at the table, the dinner table, and if we paid our tithes, 
we would not have been able to pay our bills. We wouldn't be able to pay the rent. We wouldn't be able to pay for gas, groceries, all of that type of thing. Any of you ever been that, in that place uh, in your life? It is not fun. It is not fun at all. It's a very difficult place. And so we knew and understand the covenant and we understood that part of it. And so we wrote the tithe and we deducted it out of our checking account and uh, church wasn't for a few more days but we deducted it and we were, gonna, we were putting it in the offering on Wednesday night. So that was, so it was Monday. So Tuesday, Natalie went off to work. She had, had a, uh, found a little part-time job. I think you were doing a Head Start, right? Working with, 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 with the Head Start program. And, um, and I stayed home, we didn't, I didn't have any work. I had been knocking on everybody's door, calling everybody, I mean doing everything in my power to get work and nothing everybody, nothing. And so that morning I got on my face. And as when, when Natalie left, and I got on my face and I said, Lord, I know you told me to start this company. Nothing is working. We can't pay our bills. We are broke. Nothing is working. I know the problem is not on your end. The problem is on my end somewhere. Please show me where I'm missing it. Now, there's a lot packaged in that prayer, but I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time. I wanna get into the meat of this. Because in that moment, when I, the second I finished praying that, I came up out of my body. I'm looking at myself on the ground. It was one of the coolest things. And I'm looking at myself on the ground, and I look around me, and I see my angels positioned around me. And everybody, they had their arms crossed. The one I really remember, the, the look on his face, this, he had this bored look on his face, shaking his head like, God, please reassign me from this idiot. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. I'm bored out of my mind. Do something here. And that was the look. And I knew instantly, I knew, you know, when you see in the spirit like that, you get the revelation of everything and, and what it means. So I see these bored angels. Woo, all right. There they are, doing some work. Bored angels, everybody say bored angels. Say it again, say bored angels. Okay, so, so here we have these bored angels, right? Now, what did I ask for? What did I pray? I'm broke. I am, I am failing miserably. Nothing is working for me. And I'm saying, God, please show me where I'm missing it. Listen, everybody, the reason why you're here tonight, you came to hear and, and be taught about creating your best life is because at the end, we want results. Right or wrong? We want results. We want to see something happen. We want to see that when we put our hands to something, something happens. Because at the end, you are wired by God for success. And when success doesn't happen, the Bible actually says that your heart begins to get broke down. You begin to lose hope. And when that happens, you become, it says, you become disinterested in God and you become spiritually lazy, Hebrews chapter six. When it's not working, you're like, well, 
just not getting results. And that's exactly where I was at. The results weren't happening. God told me to start this business. Nothing's happening. Things aren't working. I read in the Bible, 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And yet we're not walking in prosperity and health is not happening around us. And that is why we are here tonight. Because it is time for results. Because if there are not results, there's one of two options that we can choose. We can be those believers that point our finger at God Say, okay, well, God, it's not your will, right? It's not your will. Come on, everybody. Let's be real with each other tonight. Well, it's just not your will. Third John verse two says, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, but it must mean spiritual prosperity. It must mean I'm gonna prosper when I'm in heaven, right? We rationalize. Everybody say rationalize. So we, by doing that, we're pointing our finger at God. We're saying, well, it must not be God's will or it's not God's will for me. Somehow I messed up or, or something, some, there's, there's something I did or, or you know, I, this is one of my favorite ones. God just knows that if I get money, I'll stop serving him. Man, if you're that shallow and that messed up, we gotta pray for you. Serious. If you just put more money in your pocket is gonna make you stop serving him, oh Jesus, let's pray for you. Well, God just knows that, you know what, I'll end up doing something wrong. I'll start sinning when I get money. Or if I'm, how many of you heard that? Some of you probably are thinking it. It's wrong thinking. We're pointing our finger at him. God, it's your issue right? But that is not the correct approach. The correct approach is for us to find out where we're missing it. Why, where am I missing it? God, the problem is not your side of the table. It's on my side of the table. Show me. And that's called humility, everybody. And the Bible says that he exalts the humble. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So tonight we're gonna dive in because this is the outcome. I see my board angels. I'm like, okay, I just asked him to show me where I was missing it. He shows me that my angels are bored. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you just showed me bored angels. What do I do? So then he gave me instruction. He said, Bill, every morning and every night, you begin to speak Deuteronomy chapter 28, the first 14 verses over your life, your family, and your business. You all have heard me tell this story. So we open up in the, in, in the opening chapters of creating your best life. I walk through that and that process and what happened in that process and how it culminated into this entire book, all right, and everything in it. But let me give you some specifics. I begin to speak Deuteronomy 28. Guess what I did today? Guess what I did this morning? What do you think I did this morning? Yeah. Yeah. It works. But here, let me show you. Let me, let me give you, that's what's gonna lead up to, to us teaching on this chapter. I began that next morning 
speaking that over my life and that next night and the next morning and the next night and just have kept going. And I noticed that about 90 days, everybody say 90 days. Around 90 days, I'm driving down the road, right? Going back into town, trying to get work and all of that type of thing. 90 days, everybody say 90 days. Okay, say it again, say 90 days. Do you know when you're out of money and you're broke and you're trying to figure stuff out, 90 days is a long time, isn't it? You think there was any time in there that I was challenged to go, well, this ain't working. Guess I miss God, that's not happening. No, no, no. See, 90 days is about the time that you put a seed in the ground and that seed grows and produces what? Fruit, a harvest. So around 90 days, I remember I'm driving down the road and this woman calls me, Mrs. Williams. And Mrs. Williams calls and she's like, you know, I don't really know exactly where I got your number, uh, but I understand that you do work, you do this, you know, paint work and stuff like that. Can you come by the house and give me a bid? Do you have time? Yes. <laughs> got all kinds of time, right? So I go to Mrs. Williams' house, and she shows me this work to do and then this work to do. I literally ended up almost remodeling her entire place, all right? Well, I ended up getting so much work, right, that I hired my first employee, all right? Guess who my first employee was? Right here, wave. My best employee, I'm telling you what, best painter you can, I'm telling you, right? We kind of keep it on the down low because then people are always asking you to come and help paint and all that, so we keep it on the down low, okay? Well, I'm best right here. It's got so much work. Well, then what happened is I ended up getting more work and I hired another one. And then by the time I left, by the time we moved about, I don't know how many years, there's five or six years later that we moved to Colorado Springs, I had the people that I used to beg to get work from, they were working for me. Now stop and think about that, everybody. 20-some-year-old, snot-nosed kid, right, that, that all I knew is Walton's paint and repair, man, and that's what I started, and by the time we're done, we had a full contracting company, and we're working for gas companies, and we're remodeling homes, and, and I mean, just start finishing, all these, all these employees working, making money hand over fist, all of this type of thing. Now, why? What happened? Oh, Bill, you're just, you're just special. You're, you're, you're just, well, yeah, you're, ask my wife. I'm special, all right. She calls me a diva. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> her, and, her, and Reagan and, her and Reagan and Brittany and all the people that work at, at Accelerated Wealth could tell you, they all say it takes a village to raise a bill. So <laughs> all the stuff that goes on around in our life. Now, right now, today, um, and I, I always have to keep track of it, um, I usually have to ask our staff and team because at a certain point I kind of lost track and the way things keep working. But we currently have 20 companies, several companies that are in real estate investing, commercial, residential. Uh, we're doing development projects with my brother Josh now. Uh, we are in financial things. We're partners and all of this stuff in multiple, multiple businesses and areas. We've expanded into Puerto Rico, all of that type of thing. Now, it's been 20, 20 plus years from the time I'm on my face seeing bored angels to what we see and operate in today. Now, once again, you can say, oh, well, that's, oh, that's so cute, Bill. That's so nice for you. Oh, I'm just so happy for you. And I used to do that. 
When I heard people come in and talk about how God had blessed them and how God had increased them, and I thought, man, that would just be so nice. That's just so nice for you. But that, disconnect. Disconnect. Because what do we want to do? We want to live in the comfort zone of being able to point our finger and go, I just must not be my thing. God knows that for me, that couldn't happen. God knows that that's just not his will for me. And, and I pray, God, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Father, if it, only if it be your will. Does the Bible say that we are to pray if it be your will as it relates to these areas? There is one time in one area that, if, that you can pray that prayer. If you're about to get crucified for the sins of the world, you can pray, God, if it, um, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Boy, I just kicked a religious demon right there. There is one place where Jesus prayed that prayer. And if you ever find yourself being crucified for the sins of the world, you get to pray that prayer too. Until then, the Bible's very clear about what his will is. He has it very well laid out in the scriptures about what it is that it is will. Did you see, did you, any of you felt that religious, that demon just, did you feel that? Because that's what we do. We are gonna put it on God. Now, here's where we're getting into chapter five. This prayer and these these, the things that the Lord taught me of speaking Deuteronomy 28 and commissioning angels and doing these things, right? There was a result in how many days? In how many days? 90. Now, I am a very, very, very inquisitive individual. And it literally wore my brain out for years trying to figure out why this worked. I would tell other people about this, and they would go, wow, that's cool, Bill. You saw your angels? Awesome. I think I might try that. And they try it for a day or two, and then a month or two passes by, and I'm like, hey, how's that going with commissioning angels? Oh, yeah, you know, it's, I, it just didn't work for me. Well, how long did you do it? Man, it was like two or three days. Or, or man, I did it for a month. And then it seemed like all hell was unleashed on me. And I got scared and I stopped. That's, that was very interesting for me to hear that one. Or the ones that are go, yeah, I did it for like six months. Oh, and then I forgot. It was kind of like the keto diet. I got, I got started on it and some, some stuff started happening and my, my pants got a little bit better for me. And then, I, ah, darn it, slipped my mind. I'll teach it in church. I'll come back around in a year or so and ask folks, how's it going? How has that been going? I always, look, I always get the look. I'll get one or two. One or two that, man, I'm at it. I'm seeing fruit. I'm seeing happening. But you, most of the time, listen, the numbers, you can, out of the 12 spies, there were two. There were two. The far majority of people are going to want to are going to stay in a camp unless they get themselves up out of it. You get to choose: are you the two or the ten? Right? Am I one of the two? 
or am I gonna be the tent? Now, I'm giving this to you guys to challenge you, right? Because this stuff is working, right? And I am so passionate about this that it took (laughs) three years, and I don't know how much work with me and Mark to get this thing done, right? I did not wanna do this. I argue with God. I don't have time for this. I, all of this stuff. And God's like, yeah, you do, and you are going to do it. Because you know what? He is so passionate about getting every single one of us living our best life, seeing these things fulfilled and happening in, in every one of you all's life. But you know what? You've got to do it. And I'm going to teach you Tonight, in chapter five, gives us the science of the how and the why. Because it wasn't enough for me to just go, oh, 90 days, oh, isn't that great, oh, okay. And I would go teach it, and then I would see some people, they would start doing it and stay consistent, and it would work for them, and then I saw people, they would just get started and then quit, and and it didn't work for them, and this one's frustrated, and this one's trying to figure out why and all that, and I began to see patterns. Everybody say patterns. I began to see it and see it, and this was working, and it was working, and it was working. And I started going, wait a second. This is not, this isn't just some accident or some mysterious thing, which is what a lot of us want it to be. We'll hear people teach. In Hebrews, they'll say, faith gives us the substance of what we're believing God for, right? Right? It's not what it says, is it? Well, here, just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our faith, man, it just gives us the substance of what we're believing God for. Is that what it says? No. It's given a substance of what we are hoping. And what does the word hope mean? Come on, there's my people. Confident expectation. So what I'm confidently expecting to take place, my faith is giving me the substance of it. So we're learning about faith and how to speak and how to believe. And then meanwhile, our confident expectation is the same stuff that it's been year after year after year. And we keep getting the same results and going, oh man, something's wrong with my faith. No, 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 no. The problem's not your faith. The problem's your faith's working. It's just bringing you the substance of what you are confidently expecting. So there was this cycle and there was these, these rules and this, content, this, this pattern that I saw forming and happening. And as I began to study people, non-believers as well as believers, I saw patterns of success. I saw things that they did, things that they put into practice, both Christian and non-Christian, and saw them build billion-dollar businesses, and saw people like financially just strive, and things happen, and them creating all around. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a second. There are principles of creation. There are principles of creation. And if you will learn them and learn how to operate in them, you can get the outcomes that you've been wanting to have versus the outcomes that you have currently. Do you see that, yes or no? Because at the end, once again, what do we need? We need results. We want results. 
the same pattern and the same financial stuff over and over and over again, the same life being lived over and over again, me replicating the patterns of my, of my family before me and broken marriages and broken homes and broken children and broken finances and broken businesses. How do I stop that and do and build something different? All of that was set up. I want you to go to Genesis chapter one because we're gonna talk about the rules that govern this success. All right, who recognizes that? Okay. Who's, who's, what is that, everybody? Yeah, what is, okay, what is it, though? I know, I know, I know, I'm pulling you guys back into your class, your science class. Who, who, who created that? Thank you. All right, all right, Einstein, okay? Ephesians, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter one. It says in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And God said, let there be light. Everybody say, let there be light. light. Okay, so he says, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. Okay, and then he called the, the light day and darkness he called night. Now, when was light created? What day of creation? (laughs) <laughs> we just read it. In the beginning, <laughs> what well, happened at the very first day? He said, let there be light, and there was light, and he saw that it was good. All right, so everybody say light was created on the first day. Okay, now something interesting happens. Day two passes on, day three passes on, and then he gets to day four, and God said, Verse 14, verse 14. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light of the earth and it was so. And God made two great lights, greater light to rule the day and the lesser to rule the night. What day was that? Day four. Now, stop and think about that. What did we just read happened on the first day? He said, let there be. And then on day four, he created the sun and the stars. Wait, something's messed up. And do you know, for centuries and centuries and centuries, scientists have used that passage right there to teach people in college and to blast the fact that the Bible is not the inspired word of God. Look, they don't even have their days together. They say that light's created and then they created the sun. They don't even know, the Bible didn't even know that light came from this and not this, right? And they use that for centuries, thousands of years to say the Bible is not inspired. Now, I know you guys are sitting there looking at me like, whoa, wait a second, is this gonna get fixed? Because that is a pretty big hole, isn't it? 
It's a pretty big hole. Light? What? It came all the way into, who created this again? Who wrote this? Okay. One of Einstein's contemporaries and works, worked right along with him. He won, he won the Nobel Prize in the early 1900s okay, for discovering quanta. Everybody say quanta. Okay? <laughs> I just love, don't you love that you're at church sitting here right now and you're looking at those two things, right? Don't you just love it? This is an awesome church. How many churches like to come in and teach this, man? Come on. All right, now, now, now stay with me. Whether you love science or don't love science, do you want to create your best life? Absolutely. So what happened is this gentleman by the name of Planck, okay? Planka. Mark will help me with some of it. Planck, thank you. Planck. Did I say it right? Did I spell it right? Whatever he said. Okay. He discovered these packs of light that are at the foundation of everything that is substance around us. So your seat, what you are sitting in right now, if broke down to the subatomic level, are packets of light called quanta. The air, this pen, this monitor, this stage, I'm standing on light right now. How cool is that? Right? And the higher the frequency, if you will, the more movement, the more energy it is, the less solid it is, right? And that's what governs what is this science that came from this, which is called quantum physics. Everybody say quantum physics. All right, now quantum physics is the study. It's the scientific study of this, this truth and this reality, okay? And then there's another branch of that that is called quantum mechanics, which, which studies how all of these rules work together to get the product or the result from this. Are you with me, yes or no? All right? So what this gentleman discovered is that at the basis, at the foundation of everything is light. Hmm. Now, this started something interesting. This started a, move, a movement, like I said, in science, where scientists now begin to go down this path of studying this phenomenon and this reality. Because before this, we lived in what was called Newtonian science. Everybody say Newtonian science. Okay, and Newton was the guy who what? Apple fell on his head and all of that stuff, right? Right, uh, something in motion tends to stay in motion, right? Unless acted upon an equal and opposite. Hey, I'm actually, wow, I still remember some of this stuff, okay? I, look, I geek out about this stuff because, and here's why. I want to, to know why what I was doing worked. It's not enough for me to know that now I'm speaking this and now my businesses are exploding and all of this type of thing. I have to understand why. What are the rules that govern it? 
okay? How, how do me getting up in the morning and speaking these verses, how is this creating this phenomenal change in my life? Why? So quantum physics and quantum mechanics, right? There are rules inside of this that govern how this matter, where does it come from? Where did it come from? Light. Oh, well, but where did that come from? Okay, no, we said God, right? But wait a second. Verse one says, he said, let there be light. And then three days later, he said, let there be light. Well, which one was it? Both. What this right here is, this represents what? What does E represent? Energy. What is this? Okay. And what is the C? Speed of light. Squared. Okay. When Einstein first wrote his white paper on these rules, he actually wrote it mass or matter equals energy divided by the speed of light squared. What he said was matter is simply an expression of, of what? Of energy, okay? So let's back up here. Everything at its foundation is light, all of it, okay? But there are varying degrees of frequency of light. Do you know that right now, the human eye can see 3% of light? That's what you can see. Now, what are the various, what are the various levels of light, okay? There are various frequencies of light based upon the energy that is associated with that light, all right? And there are, the greater that energy, right? The greater the energy, the smaller the wave, the lower the energy, the, the longer the wave, all right? Now, bear with me in this. This gets a little thick, but this is important, all right? So the strongest of waves right now of energy, of light, are gamma. Everybody say gamma, okay? So gamma, very short, like very tiny, but very powerful, all right? And then you go from then you go, you go from gamma, then you'll make your way to x-rays, then you make your way to, uh, to uh, infrared, okay? Or, oh, I'm sorry, ultraviolet, okay? Ultraviolet, you've heard of ultraviolet, right? Ultraviolet, and then you have visible light, all right? And then on the other side of that, you have infrared. So our eyes see 3% of light Okay, which is that visible light. You with me, yes or no? And then as the light gets weaker and weaker, you get into things like microwave, uh, and then you get into radio uh, waves, those type of things, right? Which is weaker and weaker and weaker, okay? Now, why am I going into all of this? <laughs> because light, there are levels of that light which we see this tiny little piece in the middle, which is what God created on the fourth day. Okay, the sun, the stars, the thing that gave visible light. As 
the energy goes lower and lower and lower. We can't see it, right? But is that light still there? Okay? And as that light gets less and less and less and less, I, I walked you through some of that, the lowest of that is what's called zero point light. Zero point light. Put it in your notes. You've got to understand this. You've got to grasp this. Zero point light means that the energy is so low, it's been, at what, it's been brought down to what they call zero point. Okay? At zero point, is there any matter is there, anything, is there anything solid? No. There's nothing that is solid as a result of it. There's not even a, a radio wave or a, a radio frequency or there's nothing. It's at zero point. This light, this light right here, scientists have found that it literally permeates the entire uh, universe everywhere. It permeates everything. It is the foundation of creation. So in Genesis chapter one, God said, let there be light. It just took scientists thousands of years to figure out that what he created at that point was zero point light. Zero point. Now, this is going to make sense, guys, here in a minute. I know I'm, I'm getting, I'm so walking through the thickness of it, so stay with me, all right? Because you've got to see this. God spoke, let there be light, and zero point energy went everywhere. This zero point light. Is there anything manifested? Is there any matter around at this point? Is there anything of substance? Is there any grass? Are there any trees? Are there any of that type of thing? Is there a sun? Is there a moon? Is there anything? No. What is there? Zero point light. Let there be light. And then something began to happen. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Ooh, I love this stuff. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I'm enjoying this. Hebrews 11, verse three. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It doesn't say that he created things out of nothing. It just says that it was created out of things that weren't visible. Ooh, Selah, ponder, stop, really? Hear that. See it. Let it soak into your spirit. Around you, every day of your existence, God has put in place this zero point light. 
the, the, uh, if you track how many miles between what the earth traveling in a circle and what we fly through in, in our own galaxy and all of that, it's something like, it's like 60 million miles a day or something like that. And every single second of every day surrounding you is this zero point light. Can you see it? No? Is it there? Yes. What, what is the difference between zero point light and this right here? So what is separating the matter from manifesting around you, what is separating that from this zero point light? What? Spoken word. What else? At its basis, at this right here, what needs to increase from here, what needs to increase to create the matter? What? Energy. Because there's the energy, it's at zero point, right? So there's no matter. There's no substance to it. So all it's missing is energy, everybody. So what did God say in Hebrews chapter 11? That we know that these worlds were framed by the word of God by faith so that what we've seen was not created of things that were visible. It was still there, but it just can't be seen because we can only see 3%. Do you see that, yes or no? Do you see that, yes or no? So the difference in something manifesting in my life, becoming materialized in front of my life, is this right here. Energy. Everybody say energy. Okay, so right now, surrounding your life, your finances are materialized, right? Good, bad, and ugly, whatever condition it in, it's manifested. Your situation in your businesses, it's manifested, isn't it? Your marriage, how that marriage is, how successful that marriage is, it's manifested, right? Name it, children, everything in your life. So, have you been operating in the rules of creation? Oh, yes. Because, so Hebrews chapter 11, it says, now faith will give you the substance of things that you are confidently expecting only if it's good. Oh no, it doesn't, it doesn't say that? That's not your version of the Bible? What, no? Hmm. I, I'm a middle child, a little bit of smart aleckness in there. But I got, I got to get you to see the point. I got to get you to see it. You have been manifesting. You have been creating. From the time you were about seven years old when you become conscious, okay? Now we're gonna get into subconscious and conscious. That's part of what we'll talk about, all right? But when the, by the time, from the time you became conscious and knowing and understanding, you have been creating. Now, once again, we love to do this, right? Well, God, if it's your will, I'm, you know what? I'm just walking out God's will. It's just his will. Go to Psalms 82. 
Psalms 82. This verse hit me between the eyes. You most you get most y'all know where I'm going. Psalms 82. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. This is verse 1. He judges among the what? Gods. Then he asks the question, how long will you judge unjustly? Show partiality to the wicked. Selah. What does Selah mean? Stop, ponder, and really think about what you just read. Make sure it soaks into you. Don't let it just pass over your head. Wait a second. God stands where? Congregation of the mighty. What does he do? He judges what? Among the gods. Well, who are the gods? Then he says, when he's judging the gods, what does, he, what does he ask? How long will you judge unjustly? What are we doing? God, fix my finances. God, how long are you going to let the wicked rule our country? God, how long are you going to allow people to continue to murder unborn children? God, how long are you going to allow unemployment to do this? God, how long are, you, are my finances going to be this terrible? God, 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 God. And he says, he judges among the gods. And then he asks the question, how long are you how long are you going to judge unjustly? Now, verse, verse three goes, he says, defend the poor and the fatherless. Tell the person next to you, says, God's asking you to defend the poor and the, 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 the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and needy, he says. Tell the person next to you, God's wanting you to deliver the poor and needy. Well, that was soft. Tell them, God's asking you to, to deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. Tell the person next to you, God wants you to free them from the hand of the wicked. Then he says, they do not know or understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. Verse six, I said, you are, I said, you are, I said, you are, and how many just felt a little religious demon? Oh, oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say I'm a God? Oh, man, that's new agey, Bill. Can't be saying that about me. I didn't. Who said it? And once again, you know why we don't want to hear it? Because we want to say he's God. It's his fault. It's his fault my life looks like the way it does. It's his fault my marriage looks the way because it was just his will. Now, is he God? Come on, everybody. Yes, he is God. But his responsibility is he says, I judge among the gods. His job is he walks around and he's telling us what to do. Bill, I want you to, I want you to start that, that business over there. I want you to begin to help those people with their finances because they don't know, they don't understand, and they're just in a mess. I want you to go and do that. And oh, by the way, hire all these people. And then by the, I want you to start buying real estate. I want you to begin to do that, and then I want you to do this with it, and I want you to do with that with it. Now, I could be sitting there and going, God, I want you to start a business for me. <laughs> Wait, who's, whose job is this? 
Do you see, do you see how we're getting it mixed up? And the simple reason is, is because part of it is, is we're not understanding the rules of creation. We know that God created the heavens and the earth, right? But you know what he did? He created the rules of creation and then he handed them off to us. And, and, and Psalms 82, six says, and you are gods and children of the most high. Now, let's break down that word God there is the Hebrew word Elohim. Everybody say Elohim. Okay, Elohim, which is in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Say it again, say Elohim. Say God has made me a little Elohim, a little creator. He's big Elohim. I am his child Elohim. I have been born in his likeness to create just like he did. Oh, but Bill, man, you're making yourself like God. Man, that's gonna get you stoned. Oh, interesting you bring that up. One of the times that Jesus was getting stoned, one of the times they were trying to stone him, Jesus asked him, he said, why are you stoning me? Is it because of the miracles I do? And they go, no, because you called yourself the son of God. And you know what Jesus did in that second? He told them, he said, whoa, 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 doesn't your own Bible say that you are God's? And quotes Psalms 82. Whoa. Do you see how religion, do you see how religion works? You guys fixing to stone me, get up and leave. How could he call us gods? That's so blasphemous. You sounding just like the Pharisees. Isn't that interesting? And where do you think that hell comes from? What demon is it that's trying to not, not just stone Jesus, but keep you wrapped up in that belief that, oh no, it's God's will. Whatever it is your, oh God, I'm so pious. I, I'm, I just want only your will. God, only your will be done. Guys, please, I'm not making fun. I'm calling it out because it's demonic and it's got to stop. Because it's why believers live decade after decade after decade in the same swamp and mess. Oh, only your will, God. And what is he saying? You deliver the poor and needy. You do it. But God. And meanwhile, our thoughts, our words, are creating because all you need is bring the E. Tell the person next to you, bring the E. Okay, all right, because this is really important. Guys, I told you we're gonna spend some time here tonight. So look, I am gonna do about another 10 minutes and then we're gonna do some work together. We're gonna do an actual work shop point in this, okay? Now I know some of you are looking at 740 something and I know there's probably an NFL game on, but this is way more important, so let it go. Okay, all right, so, so bring the E, bring the E, ooh, man, and we have such a competitive advantage when it comes to bringing the E. Now, look, the people, like one of the books that I studied is Think and Grow Rich. Who's read it? Who's read it? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. How many of you are doing it? 
<laughs> all right, because I've done this enough that y'all are starting to learn my trick. All right, I got three or four of you doing it. All right, because thinking grow rich is, is meaningless unless you do it. It's completely meaningless, right? But what do those folks do? What did every one of those amazing business leaders do? Every one of them spent at least 30 minutes in the morning thinking, everybody say thinking, about who they wanted to become, how much money they wanted to make, what kind of influence they wanted to have. Now look, Think and Grow Rich is all about money. It's all about money. We understand that prosperity is way beyond just money, right? It's about winning people for Christ. It's about being part of a church that's making a difference in the city. Our prosperity is way beyond that. But listen, these rules work. Because what did they do? They brought the, they brought the energy. They simply brought the energy. And then what happens when the energy goes up? What happens? This light then does what? Creates the matter. Do oh, you see how I get so excited about this stuff? All right, I'm going to go to... I, I talked through the different lights. Now I'm going to talk about bringing the, bringing the energy. Okay? So, thoughts and words. Everybody say thoughts and words. All right. Now, thoughts and words. Ephesians chapter 3 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. Okay? You guys know that verse, right? We get really excited about that. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all can ask or think or imagine. And we get so excited and we get even a little vibrato in our voice. Oh God, unto you who's able to do exceedingly. <laughs> what does it say? Exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask, think, or imagine. Who sets the barrier? Who sets the bar? Who does? We do. So if you're not asking, well, or I should say it this way. If you're asking, if you're thinking, and you're imagining the wrong stuff, what's the bar for God to then add exceeding to? The wrong stuff. He didn't say now unto you that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask, think, or imagine as long as it's good. Why? Because of creation, the rules of creation, all right? Now, so let's talk about this, okay? In, this is sound. We're going to start with sound. Infrasound frequency. Your ear, by the way, only hears about 3% of sound, by the way, too. Infrasound frequency is between 0 and 20 hertz. It's below the level of human hearing, okay? Now, Hertz is energy. Everybody say energy. Okay, now I've got audible or acoustic frequency is between 20 and 20,000 hertz, and that's the hearing range. Okay, that's the part we can hear, right? You ever heard a dog, dog going off, starting to whine and all of that type of stuff, and he's hearing stuff, and you're like, what the heck, you know? And then pretty soon it gets close enough and you hear the coyotes or whatever, Okay. They're simply, they, they're able to hear stuff that are way outside of us, right? Dolphins, bats, all of that type of thing. They're, they're able to hear well above the frequency, which is at 20,000 hertz and above. 
Everybody say sound. Say sound is energy. Now there is a rule about energy. You've got to write this down. You've got to understand it. Energy cannot be destroyed. It's a scientific fact. It is proven. Energy cannot be destroyed. What does it do? It transforms. Everybody say transforms. Energy cannot be destroyed. It simply is transformed. Transformed into what? Transformed into what? Energy that goes up, what is it going to create? Matter. Now, let's go to the next one. So we talked about words, okay? Let's talk about thought. Everybody say thought. Proverbs 23, seven says, for as a man thinks in his heart, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, okay? Now, the levels of energy, there are four levels of thought energy. This is page 162, once again, this is all in chapter five of the book. Beta, this is the first level, and the frequency is between 14 to 30 hertz. Beta is when my mind is aroused, it's alert, it's engaged, I'm in high mental activity. You ever seen where they'll put like these electrodes on the, or sensors on the head when somebody is sitting there and they're thinking and they have them think thoughts, right? Now yours might've been flatlined, but normal people are, <laughs> kidding, right? Right, there's, <laughs> there's some, hopefully some activity going on around here, right? Okay, all right, you're in at that point and you're thinking, they're asking you questions and they're talking to you, you're a beta. And your brain, it is tracking the amount of energy that is coming out of your brain, right? And it's between 14 and 30 hertz. The next level is alpha. Now this is a state usually of when I'm a little more relaxed, okay? This is when pastor is watching the Bengals normally lose and he's just, you know, he's just kind of like realizing that it's, it's going to happen again. <laughs> and the Steelers flatlined. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to win this no matter what I said. <laughs> this is a state of mental relaxation, ideal state to learn new things. You know, like when your brain's a little more quiet and you read, you're just sitting there reading, you're bringing, bringing information in. Your brain is producing between eight and 13 hertz. Theta is the imagination. It's when you are mentally really disengaged, but you're imagining. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to stop. I want you to imagine. Deuteronomy 28 says that he will make, he makes you the head and not the tail. So I want you to just quiet. I want you to go into your mind and I want you to imagine yourself as the head and not the tail. Let's pick a situation, pick business. Your, your, your employment, whatever, wherever it is, your business, your real estate business, whatever it is, I'm the head. Stop, just, just stop, and I want you to imagine that. And I want you to allow yourself to feel that feeling of what does that look like for you from a financial position, from a, an accomplishment position, what you're able to give. Allow yourself to feel that, okay? Now look at me. That, by the way, is what the guys of Think and Grow Rich did every day, right? Created trillion-dollar businesses. Why? 
They were producing between four and eight hertz of energy. You were just producing that as you imagined. Now, delta is between 0.1 and 4, and this is typically when you're asleep and you're in delta brainwave activity. Some of you are thinking, man, you are really geeking out. Yeah, I am. Because it is time for the body of Christ to understand how creation works. Because once again, once again, this is what we want to have happen. It is so much easier for us to just go, Jesus, help me. God, if it be your will, bail my finances out. And then it doesn't, and then we're like, well, it wasn't God's will, and I feel safe because it wasn't God's will. Tell the person next to you, baloney. Oscar Mayer, baloney. I, look, I prayed and I prayed and I fought and I fought and my bank got, account got worse and my businesses got worse and I know a lot of you are in that exact same position. It took me to the place where I said, God, I know the problem's not on your end, it's on my end, show me where I'm missing it. He showed me these bored angels and got me to begin to change what I was thinking and what I was speaking. And every day then from thereafter, I began to say I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and I am never beneath. I am a lender and not a borrower. What I put my hand to, he empowers and he prospers. And you know what? When I began to do that, when I started doing that, I had bupkis in my account. I wasn't lending to nobody. Didn't have any money to lend. I'm driving an 82 white Chevy truck that my father-in-law bought for us because he felt so bad for us. Day dry, one day driving down the road and the transmission falls out of the bottom end of it. And Josh and Bruce and everybody got together. You remember that at Cordova's and put the, the transmission back together. Piece of junk. And I'm driving in this white 82 Chevy. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and never beneath. I will lend to many nations. Not just lend five bucks to somebody. I will lend to many nations and I never will never borrow. My family is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. All of my businesses and the multiplication of my businesses are blessed. What was I changing? Come on, everybody, what was I changing? Now, before that, do you want to know before the board angel thing what I would do in the morning? Get up in the morning. I hear some of you going, help me, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Get up in the morning. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. Oh, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no. <laughs> it's another reason why I love coming to Kentucky, man. <laughs> Anybody who knows that hee-haw song, come on. Now, was I really singing it? No, but was I thinking it? And thinking about, oh, man, no, oh. How am I gonna pay my bills? Man, that's happening and I can't get that and I tried that and 
man, things are just, the wheels are falling off and things aren't going well and this problem and that problem. And, and then you start creating more problems. And then those problems that aren't even existing, then you create even more off of that. And then by the t- here pretty soon, by the time you're even out of bed, you are what I call this downward spiral of activity that you've bottomed out. But meanwhile, what have I created? Ooh, ouch. Everybody say ouch. And then I'm going, God, help. And he's saying, you are gods. You are creators. You are creators. And we go, but God. And then we wake up in the morning, energy, 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 and it creates Matter, 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 matter. I don't like the matter. And I call and say, God, please change the matter. And what is God telling you to do? Change the what? Oh, you guys got it. You got it. Change the energy. Change what you're thinking. Change what you're speaking. Now, I know is we talk about it in the book, how that from the time you're little, you are programmed a certain way. You were raised a certain way. The programming is there. This, though, this repetition of changing it will break you, will break it out for you, will break that habit, and it will help you to change that energy to change the outcome. 